Good evening, everyone. Thank you for coming. We will continue with our discussion of Srila Jiva Goswami's Paramatma Sandarbha. We're in the concluding section on Anacheta 106. Now, well, Anacheta 105 was a very extensive Anacheta, but all these concluding Anachetas beginning with that 105th Anacheta deal with a systematic confirmation of the main subject of the Srimad Bhagavatam. So this was introduced at the beginning of the 105th Anacheta, these six characteristics of a uh, whereby one can establish the meaning of a, of a text. So I'll go over those, and then we'll see how this is all going to fit together as we come to the concluding Anachetas here. Um, the sixfold criteria by which one can establish the meaning of a text are the introductory and concluding statements, two, repetition, three, originality, four, result, five, glorification, and six, logical confirmation. So we can see the first one, the first half of the first one, the introductory statement, uh, was that very extensive 105th Anocheta. So we're beginning tonight with the 106th Anocheta. So we have the introductory statement, which is the first verse of the Bhagavatam, and we see so much is there where the correlation is made between that and the Vedanta Sutra, the Vedanta Sutra being one of the primary evidences that are used to determine uh, the nature of the Supreme, specifically by the Vaishnavs. So we have this Trayi, uh, uh, Prasthana Trayi, Bhagavad Gita, Vedanta Sutra, or Brahma Sutra, and the main Upanishads are the primary evidence whereby we establish the reality, the absolute reality, scripturally and Based on establishing that absolute reality scripturally, we have parampara. So, Jiva's taken to begin with these concluding remarks of the Paramatma Sandarbha, where he's trying to show the real nature of the text of the Bhagavatam. And it's important that we remember the whole Sandarbhas are based on presenting. Uh, comprehensively the authority of the Srimad Bhagavatam as the primary praman for understanding the supreme absolute truth, the supreme personality of Godhead, and establishing him and establishing the methodology, the no overall knowledge, Sambandha, the methodology, uh, Abhideya, and the goal of spiritual practice. So his whole, his goal here at the end of the Paramatma Sandarva is to put all these pieces together in a way that we can see that there's no question that the Srimad Bhagavatam is the primary 
text and that it meets the criteria for the establishment of the supreme absolute truth and it fulfills everything that's there in the traditional because really Sri Shaitanya broke with tradition to a large extent. His Sankirtan movement is, 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 uh, is a revolution in spirituality, even amongst other Vaish all Vaishnavs. I mean, it's, it's available to everyone. It basically breaks, you know, breaks all the barriers. It's, uh, it's approachable by all classes of men through the inauguration of the Sankirtan movement, free and available to everyone. The Sankirtan movement cleanses the heart. There's no other requirements than involvement in the chanting of the Holy Name, specifically congregationally. And this whole, the whole idea of putting Krishna in the forefront. There's no question if we study Srimad Bhagavatam, Krishna's Krishna's to Bhagavan Swayam. He's in the forefront. And Jiva's we're working up to that now. We're about to enter into the Krishna Sandarva. But this establishment of the validity and the the subject, irrefutable subject of Krishna as the supreme absolute personality of Godhead, it's kind of revolutionary. Not to us, we were only introduced through Krishna consciousness, but other Vaishnava sects, it's okay, you can worship whatever personality of Godhead that is attractive. So Lakshmi Narayan, the main goal, Artha Dharma Kama is in the is in the scripture, ending in moksha. So we want moksha. Along comes Lord Chaitanya and says, Not an Abnajanamnasundarim. <laughs> I don't care for anything materially, I understand that, but Janma Mama Janmani Janmani Sware, and I don't care if I'm reborn. Moksha? Who needs moksha? I just want to love Krishna. That's kind of a, a revolutionary approach to spirituality. Generally, the goal, the prayojan, is to end material suffering. And and Lord Chaitanya is there, you know, pick me up and embrace me or make me brokenhearted by not being present before me. So suffering, enjoyment, not on the material, but on the spiritual plane is given there. And so it's, it's, a, whole, it's, a, it's a whole revolution that Lord Chaitanya started. And it's revolutionary the way Srila Jiva Goswami is putting all the pieces together from, the, from his uncle's writings who have, who've, who've taken and given us the Sambandha. So Sanatan Goswami is basically looked at as a Sambandha Acharya, 
of our Sampradaya, Rupa Goswami, Abhideya, uh, Raghunath, Prayojan. So Jiva's synthesized their teachings and here he is as the Tattva Acharya giving us this irrefutable presentation of the Sandarbhas wherein all the truths are being relayed <clears throat> through the Bhagavatam. So the opening statements we've gone through and now we come to this 106th Anucheta where the concluding statements, how are these? First of all, the one of the one of the criteria by which we can determine the subject of a text. So what he's doing is he's showing every the Bhagavatam is saturated with Krishna, and there's no question about it. So we've gone over the opening texts, and I've shown you it's saturated with Krishna. And it conforms to the other sources of spiritual inspiration. And we can find those sources in the very first verse. We can find the main introductory verses of the, of the Brahma, the, the Vedanta Sutra. We can find right there. Um, and... We can find Gayatri Mantra. And we can find even the in the beginning verse a summarization of all the major subjects, the subjects of a major Purana. So, and this is all encapsulated in the very first verse. So, what to speak of the ending verse? Now, we touched upon in the last discussion the fact that in the beginning verse, the Lord's put forward in a rather general way. Satyam param dimahi, the supreme eternal satyam param, supreme but not very specific. So now we come to this 106th Anucheta and Jiva Goswami goes on. Now the meaning of the concluding statement. Now, in the concluding chapters of the Bhagavat Purana, 12th Canto, 13th chapter, there's a few verses, but there's one verse that Srila Jiva Goswami has singled out as basically the concluding verse. And that's the one he uses his, his primary sutra in this presentation of this 106th Anucheda. Now the meaning of the concluding statement, Srimad Bhagavatam 12, 13, 19, is given. And then he goes through it word for word, more or less. The word kasmai means unto Brahma, who was seated on the lotus sprouted from the navel of Garba Dakshai Purusha. As we go through this, think of the first verse. Think, you'll see these things are there in the first verse also. 
So in the first birth, Taini, Brahma, Hridai, Adakavaye. So same thing is here. Unto Brahma, Kasmai, who was seated on the lotus sprouted from the navel of Garbhodakshai Purusha. In that very place, the Srimad Bhagavatam was revealed, Vibhusita, to him by Bhagavan, who was endowed with the divine form described in the second canto. If we go to the second canto, what Jiva is referring to here are those four verses that make up the Chatur Sloki or the, the delivery of the condensed Bhagavatam to Brahma while he was on the lotus. Um, the verb vibhasita, it was revealed, signifies that the Bhagavatam was not composed even at that time by him, Bhagavan. So Jiva is saying, again, this verse, the verse he's referring to here is this verse from the 12th canto, 13th chapter. The English for the verse um, as translated here is, let us meditate on the supreme truth who is pure, spotless, devoid of sorrow and immortal, who is the who in the distant past graciously revealed this peerless lamp of knowledge unto Brahma, and then in the form of Brahma disclosed it to Narada Muni, and as Narada to Krishna, Dwipayana Vyas, and again as Vyas to the chief of yogis, Sukha, and then as Sukha to Bhagavad Rat, King Parikshit. What? Bhagavad Rat King Parichit. It's another way to look. It's another word, uh, nomenclature for Maharaj Parichit. The, the uh, Sanskrit for the verse, interestingly enough, ends with the exact words of the first verse of the Bhagavatam. Satyam Param Dimahi. So he's just going through in this annotate of this verse and explaining it. Uh, the pronoun ayam, this, refers to the peerless lamp of knowledge in the form of Srimad Bhagavatam, the word pura, in the distant plan past, means at the beginning of the first half of Brahma's life. The compound Tad Rupena in that form means in the form of Brahma. And then he goes through the verse and pulls out these various terms that are used, the Sanskrit words that are used in the verse to point out the similarities and the fact that the Bhagavatam itself was revealed by the Supreme Lord. But the first thing he points out in the Anucheta is what? The fact that Vibhasito, that it's not like the Supreme Lord just made up the Bhagavatam when he imparted it to Brahma. It's always been there. It's eternal. He just revealed it. 
So that's what that word in Sanskrit signifies, that Krishna revealed to Brahma on the lotus. And then it goes through these other words. As we read through the verse, you see, we go through the disciplic succession, basically. The simple presentation of the disciplic succession from Krishna to Brahma, from Brahma to Narada, from Narada to Vyas, from Vyas to Sukadev, from, Suk from Sukadev to Maharaj Parikshit. But throughout the verse, we have these different words signifying that that transmission, how that transmission came about by these words, the compound Tad Rupena, in that form means in the form of Brahma. And Giviga Swami goes on. Bhagavan later disclosed the Bhagavatam to Narda, Tad Rupina. In that form means in the form of Narda. Bhagavan then disclosed the Bhagavatam to Vyas, the compound Tad Atmana. In his own form means in the form of Krishna Dwipayana Vyas. He disclosed the Bhagavatam to the master of yogis, yogis Sri Sukha. The compound Tad Atmana in his own form is also to be syntactically connected with the immediately succeeding compound Bhagavad Rataya. The meaning would then be in the form of Sukha, he disclosed the Bhagavatam to Bhagavad Rata Parikshit. The three compounds, Tad Rupena, Tad Rupina and Tad Atmana indicate that he revealed not only the Bhagavatam condensed into its four seed verses, but by empowering each subsequent speaker, he revealed the complete Purana. Here, although out of modesty, Sukha does not say, and in the form of myself, he disclosed it unto you. Such a statement is to be understood to complete the sense. So Jiva Goswami has taken this verse and giving us a, a commentary on it. He's, he's giving us his understanding of the verse. The verse being, well, this concluding verse, it, it ends as the beginning verse did. Uh, it ends with the, the significant uh, statement, Satyam Param Dimahi, and it signifies the disciplic succession or the presentation of the Bhagavatam and that that presentation was if viewed um, if viewed in the proper understanding of disciplic succession it was delivered in a completely unadulterated manner, as if the Lord himself delivered it to each individual. That's what Jiva's bringing out here, that we should see no different. And that's, that is the methodology of disciplic succession. Transparent by media.
totally transparent. So transparent that Krishna's saying in this verse, Sukha's pointing, Sukadeva's pointing out in by delivery of this verse that this delivery is can be seen as Krishna delivered himself again and again. There, we, you really can't distinguish between Krishna speaking it to Brahma and Sukadeva Goswami speaking it to Maharaj Parikshit or Narada to Vyas or Vyas to Sukadeva or Brahma to Narada. No matter where we look in this delivery, it's it's as it's as if the Lord did was delivering it Himself in each instance, completely transparent. In this way, the glory of all the teachers of the Sri Srimad Bhagavatam has been shown. The chain of succession of the Bhagavatam stemming from Lord Sankarshan, however, is included in the revelation brought forth by Sri Krishna Dwipayana. Therefore, it is not stated explicitly in the verse. The clause, let us meditate on the supreme truth, Param Satyam, means let us meditate on the reality, Tattva, called Sri Bhagavan. This is also corroborated by the Sahasra Nama Stotra, which states, He who is supreme, Param, is unsurpassed by any way. Tat-tat Param Anutamam. According to this declaration, the word Param means Sri Bhagavan alone. That the word Param refers to Bhagavan is also understood. From the second canto, the Purana is the first avatar of Para, or, I'm sorry, the Purusha is the first avatar of Para, or Bhagavan. Then he concludes as follows. Because the Bhagavatam is described as the inspirer of the intellectual faculty of Brahma and others, and because this book is introduced and concluded by Dimahi, which is an indicator of the Gayatri Mantra. It, Bhagavat Purana, illuminates the meaning of Gayatri also. This is stated in Garuda Purana. It is a commentary on Gayatri and establishes the meaning of the Mahabharata. So this really brings forth that verse from the Bhagavad Gita. Sarvasya chahamriti sani visto matasmritir janamapohanam cha. Vedas chasavara hama eva vejo vedanta vid vedakrid eva chaham. I am seated in everyone's heart. For me comes knowledge, remembrance, and forgetfulness. So Krishna's inspired. He's either spoke directly the Bhagavatam or he's inspired the subsequent teachers in disciplic succession so that they're speaking and there's no and the and the message is truly transparent to all everyone that's hearing so we went over the fact that it's there uh one thing that comes out in the commentary that's interesting is this is one disciplic succession that's being presented uh in the bhagavatam at the in the ending this particular 
But there's also another disciplic succession revealed in the Bhagavatam. In the third canto, the eighth chapter, um, we have, according to that description, Lord Sankarshan spoke it to the four Kumars, who in turn taught it to Sankhya, Sankhya Yana, who gave it to the sages Parasara and Brihaspati. Sage Parasara taught it to Maitreya, and in turn, who in turn spoke it to Vidura. In this succession also the original speaker is Bhagavan and not unqualified Brahman. Gayatri's in the opening and closing statement. Inspiration we've talked about. Prachodayat being Gayatri is is an it's is uh, inspiration is inquired required in order to understand. One other thing from the commentary which we should make note of. Now when we speak of Gayatri, which is revealed in the first verse and in this concluding verse uh, by the word Dimahi, we know it's referring to Gayatri uh, meditation, um, that the qualifications that are generally required for acceptance and, and of the Gayatri mantra and chanting of Gayatri mantra do not exist for reading the Bhagavatam. That the Bhagavatam is, again, it's available to everyone and it's not just for the Dwija, the twice-born. Everybody can approach and take advantage of the Bhagavat Purana. Going on to the 107th Anucheta. Now we go on to the next criteria. So we have the introductory in the long Anucheta. The concluding statement here regarding the disciplic succession and the same more, more spe, spe, speci, uh, more specified specificity uh, is given here. So in this final verse because the fact that we, we attach that personality to the disciplic succession and that the message is coming by way of the transcendental by uh, media from Bhagavan personally. So now the second and third criteria are dealt with in the 107th Anucheta. So the second again is repetition. And the third is originality. So again, Jiva Goswami is establishing that the Bhagavatam is saturated with Krishna. And wherever we look, in whatever way we look, and if we use the criteria that's generally utilized to determine what a text is all about, we can't find anything in the Bhagavatam that doesn't point to Krishna. So now I've shown you the opening statements now and the closing statement. Now let's go on. The next thing is what's repeated again and again in the Bhagavatam. Jiva Goswami writes, Next, Bhagavan is established as the subject of the Bhagavatam 
through repetition, abhyasa, second of the six indicators. He quotes a verse from the twelfth canto. Sri Hari, the supreme ruler of all, the destroyer of all the impurities of Kali, is certainly not celebrated continuously elsewhere in other scriptures. Here, in the Srimad Bhagavatam, however, Bhagavan, who has unlimited forms, is thoroughly discussed in every word in the course of different narrations. So that's a verse from the twelfth canto. And now he explains the verse for us. The word Kalana means the destroyer. Elsewhere, Itaratra refers to other scriptures which propound the path of karma and realization of Brahman. The supreme ruler of all refers to the imminent self of the cosmos, Virat, Antaryami, Narayan, or Vishnu, its sustainer. In other scriptures, in such forms, is either not celebrated at all or only on occasion, but certainly not continuously. The word too, however, is used in a restrictive sense, only here. Bhagavan himself, in his original form, is continuously glorified only here, Iha, in the Bhagavat Purana. Other manifestations of Bhagavan, such as Narayan, that are described herein, are the unlimited forms or avatars of him. So it is Bhagavan, precisely of that nature, who is celebrated in Bhagavat Purana, not as in other scriptures where mention is made without proper discrimination between his original form and other forms. Therefore, through various episodes in each and every word or at every turn, Bhagavan alone is thoroughly, in all respects, explicitly discussed. By this fact, since Bhagavan is not known as such in any other book, this verse also makes reference to novelty, apurvata, third of the six indicators. So, Jiva Goswami is saying repeatedly we see that the Srimad Bhagavatam is only speaking about Bhagavan Sri Krishna. And because other scriptures provide a more general approach to the Supreme Absolute Truth, they're not they're not as specific as the Bhagavatam. They're not really propounding what, as Gaudias, we see in the Bhagavatam, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam, that Krishna is the original supreme personality of Godhead. Other scriptures, and certainly other Vaishnav scriptures, point to the Supreme Lord, but it's it's more or less an open market for the practitioner. 
Here you have a here's a presentation of of Sita Ram, presentation of Lakshmi Narayan, presentation of all the different avatars, but the emphasis on the supreme original personality is not made. Whatever whatever your inclination may be, that's all right. But in the Bhagavatam, we have this specificity, specific, yeah, specificity that Krishna, Krishna's to Bhagavan Swayam, that the emphasis should be on the original form. And again, this is unique, unique from the Bhagavatam's perspective and more unique in that the Gaudiyas, specifically the dispensation of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, points the spiritual practitioner specifically to that original personality of Godhead and his name, form, qualities, pastimes, Dom, paraphernalia, associates, Golokar Prema Don, Harinam Sankirtan. Everything's pointing to Krishna in his original form, in his original abode with his most intimate devotees. This is unique. It's there in the Bhagavatam. And Sri Vyasadeva was satisfied in presenting the Bhagavatam, but where do we see? We have this period of time from the time of the advent of Kali Yuga. The Lord Krishna disappears. He's enacted his pastimes. And, he's, and he leaves, he departs, he departs with his associates. So what do we have left? Immediately, Kali, Kali comes in and does, starts doing a dance. The world is mine. God's gone. God is dead, basically. You know, might as well be dead. He's not here. Show me, show me your God. So you have Sri Vyasudev seeing the advent of the, of the, of Kali and the unfortunate condition of the living of the humanity in Kali Yuga, he writes down all the Vedas because they can't even remember what they did yesterday at the same time. What to speak of remembering all the information that's presented in the Vedas prior to Kali Yuga mental facilities were a lot more congenial to humanity. You could remember hearing something once. You could remember it. Oh, yes. You didn't have to cram for a test, you know, and, and memorize things, because if you heard it once from the professor, well, it's there. That's, how, that's the distinction. That goes away. As Kali comes in, those things go away. Those natural, well, we consider them mystical opulences. They're not mystical opulences. It's just normal, everyday life. 
probably better if we don't remember until <laughs> So, uh, but let's look at it in perspective. I'm trying to give us a little bit of a viewpoint here. So we have Srila Vyasadeva coming and saying, Krishna's gone. I need to give the best facility I can. And this is Krishna Dwaipayan Vyas. This is actually the Lord himself. So he comes. You, If you really think about you know, you have Krishna in this one once in a day of Brahma. Then you have Srila Vyasadeva, the original Vyas, Veda Vyas, who's writing the Vedas once in a day of Brahma. And then you have Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But back to my point. So you have Krishna coming again and he writes down the Vedas. And then he highlights, he highlights Srimad Bhagavatam. This is 5,000 years ago. So he's already presented Bhagavatam as, this is the scripture here. Just read it. If you read it, you'll find out what brought me to write it a second time. And you'll see that I had a revelation. And this book is based on that spiritual revelation. So he's placing himself as, as, as just a sage, a saint, and he's, he's, he's not putting himself forth as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So I've written this down, and then I had a revelation. I saw God, and I saw Maya, and I saw that my and I saw the remedy to the problem of material existence, and the easy solution, the easy sadhana, whereby. Even in the worst of ages, everyone can make the greatest spiritual advancement. It's an amazing book. And time goes on for 4,500 years. In the 4,500 years, there's still Vaishnavs. They're still studying. They may be even reading the Bhagavatam. We know they are. Sridhar Swami wrote a commentary on it. Before Sri Chaitanya came, he wrote a commentary that was so comprehensive that it was embraced as, as the best commentary by Lord Chaitanya himself. So, but this 45 years comes, is there any, is there any revolutionary change? No. Sampradayas are still basing their understanding of spiritual knowledge on the Prasthana Trayi, the main Upanishads, the Bhagavad Gita, and the Vedanta Sutra. They had the Bhagavatam back at the very beginning, but no one in a major way put it forth until the advent of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And then he then he really then we see the significance of the Bhagavatam. 
It's available to everyone. You don't need to be twice born. You can, it has everything in it. It has the highest presentation. And it has this specificity of Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam. This is revolutionary. It's a revolutionary that was a revolution that was started as a seed 5,000 years ago. It doesn't blossom until Sri Shaitanya starts to nourish it with his Sankirtan movement. And then it comes up through the Goswamis. Establish, my, establish this. Establish my movement. And now we have the establishment and we have the Tattva Acharya is Jiva Goswami. And what's the main Tattva? All the truths that you want to find in the scriptures are there in Bhagavatam. But you have this uniqueness of the Bhagavatam, Krishna. Now, you may not understand, but I have a god-brother who I greatly admire, but I used an argument in a discussion where I brought out this verse, Krishna's to Bhagavan Swayam, and made some quote from Vishwanath's commentary on the verse. And he immediately, because he'd been drawn to another Sampradaya, he said, please don't use that. That's the Gaudiya perspective. <laughs> and he said, there's other Vaishnavs that don't see things that way. That's unfortunate for them, but it's okay. Even Vishwanath says it's okay. Even Krishnadas and Chaitanya Charitamrita says it's okay. Let them worship their Lord uh, who, what is that verse? Jamadagvi, you quoted it for me before. Great is that devotee who worships his Lord. and oh. You know, yeah. in relationship to Murari Gupta. Yeah, great is that Lord who, does, who uh, never abandons his devotee. Yeah. yeah. This is revolutionary stuff here that Jiva Goswami is doing. We have to see it in that perspective. Then the appreciation... For the Bhagavatam, it just grows. Your, your heart just melts. My gosh. Here I am with the opportunity to understand the most intimate form of the Supreme Lord. The Lord, when he's on vacation, when he's with his most intimate friends, and guess what? God's always on vacation. <laughs> So these other forms of God are they're glorious, they're magnanimous, they're you know the uh, this reverential love for the Lord is is also great, but what about loving God where all that majesty all is is given over to sweetness and intimacy? What about that? So this is this is re this is what the Bhagavatam 
this is the this is the secret of the Bhagavatam, and it's it's available, and we see Lord Chaitanya. He it starts to it starts to come into human society under his toolage, under his Goswamis. Now this understanding is coming. So Jiva here at this part of his Sandarbha is showing us that the Bhagavatam is saturated with Krishna. In the beginning and in the repeated stories and the uniqueness of it. And as we go on in these last three Anachetas, I mean, we're near the end here. Three or four, four, I'm sorry, four Anachetas. I'm sorry, we only have three more. We'll go over these three other subjects. Result, the result of reading the book. What's the result? What's glorified in the book? And what's the logical confirmation? So these these last Anuchetas are bringing forth the point that this is all the Bhagavatam's about. And then we go into the Krishna Sandarbha and the whole Krishna Sandarbha. Remember, these first three Sandarbhas have been based on what? Vedanti tat tatva vidas tatvam yajnam advayam Brahmati, Paramatmati, Bhagavaniti, Sabjate. Different people have different viewpoints of the Supreme Absolute Truth. What is that non-dual substance? So Sambandha Gyan. What's the nature of knowledge? What's the nature of the Supreme? What's the nature of his various manifestations? Specifically, in this Paramatma Sandarbha, what's the nature of his manifestation in, regard, in regards to the external energy? Now, next Sandarbha, what's the nature of the Supreme in relation to his internal potency? And if we look to the internal potency through the eyes of the Bhagavatam, we can only see Krishna. So are there any questions? Um, would you mind... Uh, going through the, the lineage again from Krishna to Brahma to Narada to the Yas. Right, so Brahma was first imparted with the Bhagavatam while he was on the lotus. So that was done in four nutshell verses. Uh, Chatur Sloki, those are related in the uh, third canto of the Bhagavatam. I can read those for you. Just to remind us. So these are second canto, ninth chapter, thirty-third verse. He begin, the first of the four Chatur Sloki verses. Brahma, it is I. This is the Lord speaking to Brahma. Brahma, it is I, the personality of Godhead, who is this existing before the creation. Who, when there was nothing but myself, none of this was manifest. Well, if there's nothing but myself, what about me? Who could ask? Yes, you're part of the Lord before the creation. He wraps up and all his all the jiva potency, which is one of his shaktis, 
becomes unmanifest. So it's resting in him. So it's not, this is not, what Krishna's saying here is not in contradiction to never was a time that you did not exist, nor I, nor all these kings. We have to know where we were at that time. So Krishna may say, when there was nothing but myself, but we're in there, in his self. Uh, Nor was there the material nature, the cause of this creation. That which you see now is also I, the personality of Godhead. And after annihilation, what remains will also be I, the personality of Godhead. Here I am, before, middle, and after, he says to Brahma. He goes on in the next verse to say, O Brahma, whatever appears to be of any value, if it is without relation to me, has no reality. Know it as my illusory energy, that reflection which appears to be in darkness. In other words, become Krishna conscious. See everything in the light of the fact that I'm behind it all. And if you don't see it that way, you're in Maya. It's basically what he's telling Brahma. Know that if you see anything independent of me, it's it's an illusion. You're in darkness. Give that up. You can't see anything independent of me because I'm the basis of everything. He goes on to say, O Brahma, please know that the universal elements enter into the cosmos and at the same time do not enter into the cosmos. Similarly, I myself also exist within everything created, and at the same time, I am outside of everything. Third verse, Achintabeta Beta Tattva, right there in the, in the, in the Chatur Sloki. Krishna is speaking it. He goes on to say, A person who is searching after the Supreme Absolute Truth, the personality of Godhead, must. Certainly, search for it up to this, in all circumstances, in all space and time, both directly and indirectly. This is the Chatur Sloki. If we went into a deep under, uh, explanation, we would be here for a few weeks, <laughs> months, years, or lifetimes. But it's the basic, the whole Bhagavatam in a nutshell. And then from that, it expands. That's Brahma first received that while he was on the lotus, from Brahma, Brahma explained it in full. He unpacked it for Narada. So Narada received it. Narada then spoke it to Vyas in a very unique way. Basically, he he gave the knowledge to Vyas, and then Vyas also fully realized it in Revelation and was able to expand it for his rewriting of the Bhagavatam. Then Vyas, of course, spoke it to his son, Sukadev Goswami, who was that Jivan Mukta, and then from Sukadev wow. to Maharaj Parikshit. And, and the first time it was written then was uh, Vyasadev. Vyas put it in writing. Sukadev, yeah. yeah. He sat down and dictated it. He didn't and actually write it himself. Yeah, right at, right at the beginning of Kali Yuga. Actually, Ganesh did the writing. Oh. Yeah. He said, I'll keep writing as long as you don't quit talking. <laughs> Thank you so much for your association.